is coming up now on Established in the Faith. There was a dispute in a church over a particular thing that a preacher called a business meeting. We need to get this resolved. Over 80 people showed up at the church for the business meeting. That sounds good, Brother James. No, it ain't. Because there won't but 40 people on the road. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles, would you turn with me please to the book of 2 Samuel. The book of 2 Samuel, chapter 6. 2 Samuel, chapter 6. If you found it, say amen. If you ain't found it, say oh me. <laughs> you can look right up here on the screen behind me. Uh, if you're having trouble finding it, Second Samuel chapter 6, beginning with the 12th verse. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertaineth unto him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. And it was so that when they that bear the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he offered oxen and fatlings. And David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michelle, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. Move down, if you will, to verse 23. Therefore Michelle, the daughter of Saul, had no child until the day of her death. And in this today, we have several things going on. You will be in one of two categories. You either be in the category of those who are dancing and shouting, or you will be in the category of Michelle, Saul's daughter. And I want to look at that for just a few minutes this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for His help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for every person that you have placed under the sound of my voice today. Lord, I have nothing. Lord, you have everything. Lord, you have given a message. I ask that you help me to deliver that message today. Anoint me today to rightly divide this word of truth. 
to present it in such a way, O Lord, that the least among us, whomever that may be, may be able to hear and to receive of your word and be drawn closer to you. Lord, not only anoint me, but anoint every person now under the sound of my voice. Anoint them, Lord, that they may hear, that they may hear correctly. Lord, that they may grow in grace and in the knowledge of you. And Lord, as we depart this place today, may we all say that it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. And we're careful to give you praise and glory. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. This was to be the greatest time in all of Israel's history up to this point. David is now the king over all of Israel. He has conquered Jerusalem and has made it his headquarters. They found the tabernacle along with all of its furnishings and they have set it up. But the ark of God was nowhere to be found. And let me just stop right there for just a minute before I go further. It makes no difference what the building looks like. It makes no difference how much the building costs. I had somebody to tell me the other day, just build a brand new church building. They said, Brother James, that building cost us over $6 million dollars. But if you don't ever raise a hand in that building and praise God and worship God in it, it is six million dollars that's wasted. Because that building is of no consequence unless God is worshipped in it. And God inhabits the praises of His people. And I come to tell you today, we've all got something to shout about. We've all got something to be happy about today. That our salvation is not based on our performance. It's all based on the performance of Jesus Christ and what He did for us on that cross. If the presence of God is not in your church, you might as well set some gasoline pumps outside and sell gasoline because that is all the good it will do. And we need the presence of God in our churches today. We've got to have it. Without Him, we can do nothing. Oh, and when the presence of God is in the house, glory to God. I said, when the glory of God, when the presence of God is in the house, people will start getting saved. Lives will be changed. Sick bodies will be healed. When His presence is welcome. And in a lot of churches today, His presence is not welcome. We welcome more particular groups of people than we do the presence of God. And we cater to a particular group of people. I care more about the presence of God than I do what particular people may want or what they don't want. The ark of God signified the presence of God. They searched for it. 
They found it at the house of Abinadab. Actually, they found it out in the field of the woods. That's strange. But when you know a little bit about the history, you can understand why. Some 70 years earlier, Israel lost a battle against the Philistines, and the Philistines took the Ark of God. And as they took the Ark of God, the people among the Philistines began to get sick. And after a little while passing in the, among the villages, everybody in the villages was getting the plague and getting sick. They determined that it was the ark that was causing this. So they built a new cart, set the ark of God on that cart, and had a cow to carry it back into Israel. And when the ark of God came to the borders of Israel, they were happy to see it. But some of the men opened it up and they looked inside and 50,000 Israelites died as a result. And there was great fear among the people at that time. So the ark was left at the house of Abinadab. And Abinadab said, I don't want that thing in my house. So he set it out in the field. And there it sat for 20 years right up until Saul started to reign. And for 40 years while Saul reigned in Israel, he made no pretense of looking for the ark of God. He could care less about the presence of God. And Israel carried on business as usual without the presence of God. I wonder today... How many churches are carrying on business as usual and the presence of God is nowhere to be found? I remind you, the church of the last days, Jesus said, I'm standing outside the church knocking, trying to get in. And then after Saul died, there was seven and a half years of civil war between the house of Saul and the house of David. And then after David finally became king, it took a couple of years for his kingdom to be established. So some 70 years, this ark of God sat out in the middle of a field with moss growing over top of it and weeds all around it. The ark of God was unattended. People carried on business as usual. Didn't pay it any mind. And they found it. When they found it, more than likely it was still on that same cart that the Philistines had built. And that's where the idea came from. We'll build a new cart. Fashioned it after the Philistines. I've said it before, let me say it again. It's perfectly all right for the world out here to adopt the ways of the church. But it's never all right for the church to adopt the ways of the world. Are you hearing me? When the church begins to do that, it's on a sure road to disaster. So they built this new cart. 
set the ark of God on top of it, and begin to make their way into Jerusalem. God has a divine order in everything that He does. And the transport of the ark of God was no different. There was a way in which the ark of God was to be carried, transported. And you can read about it in the third, fourth chapter of the book of Numbers, I believe it is. The ark of God was to be carried upon the shoulders of the priest as the ark of God had rings on the side of it and they would slide two staves into the side of the ark and then you'd have four priests, two on either side and they would pick it up and they would carry the ark of God. That was the way it was to be transported according to the word of God. Those priests were a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything has to be founded on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, stop there just a minute. Jesus Christ, His name means Savior anointed. Jesus Christ, Savior anointed. He's the Savior, not only because of His virgin birth, not only because of His perfect life and the miracles that He did, the anointing that was upon Him. He's the Savior because of His death on Calvary's cross. You cannot separate Christ from His finished work at Calvary. If you do, you have another Jesus fostered by another spirit. And Paul warned about another gospel. It has to be Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And when I say that, I'm talking about everything. His perfect life, His death, burial, and resurrection. All of it. You can't just pick and choose. The entire thing summed up. The gospel. That's the gospel that I'm talking about. That's the gospel that I preach. I don't preach a gospel on how you can be a better you. I don't preach a gospel on how you can make more money. I preach a gospel that is able to save man's soul. And it is the only thing that can save your soul. But the gospel today... It's more man-centered than it is God-centered. Thousands, thousands, tens of thousands of people will go to churches today. And they will hear a gospel that is more man-centered than it is God-centered. What do you mean by that, Brother James? The message is catered toward a certain group of people. The message is trimmed so as not to offend anybody. 
One preacher not long ago, well-known preacher, thousands of people going to his church, the newsman asked him, said, we noticed that you never preach about the blood and the cross. You never preach about sin in your church. And he said, well, if we preach those types of things, it might offend somebody. And we don't want to offend anybody. We want our doors to be open to everybody. And we want to make everybody feel good about themselves. Well, you know, I want you to feel good too. But I also want you to know you've got a problem. And your problem is sin. And sin has to be addressed. Because it's killed every single human being that's ever lived and will continue to kill every single human being. And this is God's remedy. The finished work of Christ. That's the remedy. Anything else outside of that, it's a waste of time. God has a divine order in which things are to be done. And the ark of God was not being brought in within the parameters of God's divine order. And when they got to Nacon's threshing floor, the ark hit a rut in the road and the cart tilted. And Uzzah put his hand to the ark of God and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah and God smote him there dead on the spot. Talking about messing up a church service. I heard about it the other day. A man died in the church service. They called the paramedics to come in. They hauled out half the church before they finally got the right one. The ark of God is being brought in on a new cart. The music is great. David is actually there in the midst of them playing. The music is great, the ceremony is great, all this religious activity going on and it's great. Let me tell you something, just because there's a lot of activity in a church and just because there's a lot of good music, quote unquote, being played in the church and thousands of people were gathered there watching this scene unfold, just because a church parking lot is full of cars every Sunday and Wednesday night, that don't mean that what's being preached and taught in that church is right according to the Word of God. You understand this? Error always rides in on the back of religious activity. Did you hear what I said? Let me say it again. Error rides in on the backside of religious activity. You better get your eyes off the music. Better get your eyes off all the religious activity and get your eyes on what's being preached and taught from behind that pulpit. Because if it's not Christ and Him crucified, it will lead you astray. And death is in your future. 
Churches are dying today, closing its doors. Entire denominations are closing its doors today because they're not going according to the Word of God. They're not preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're preaching a gospel to man. We want the presence of man in the church rather than the presence of God. And I want people to come here. And I can go ahead and tell you right now, you can like it, leave it, or lump it, but I'm preaching a God-centered gospel and not a man-centered gospel. Now this gospel right here cuts it, shells it right on down to where it's at. It's either going to make you happy, it's going to make you shout amen, or it's going to make you shout oh me. And it draws some people in, and it pushes some people away. I can't help that. It is what it is. I'm going to preach what this book says. Nuzah died. The music stops abruptly. All the commotion that's going on stops. David, he don't know what to do. He don't know what to think. Knocks on the door of the house of Obed Eden and said, Can we leave this ark with you till we figure out what's going on? He said, Sure, fine. Three months later, the word comes to David that God is blessing the house of Obed-Edom and everything that pertains to his house. Why is that? Because Obed-Edom had a reverence and a respect for God and the things of God. And when we begin to lose reverence and respect for God and the things of God, we're on a sure road to destruction, folks. But God blessed his house because there was a reverence there and a love for God. And David said, let's go try this thing again, boys. He had been studying the Word of God, found out where the problem was at. He got the priest this time. Now, I want to show you something now between what happened before and what happened this time. If you look there in verse 12 of 2 Samuel 6, it says there that there was joy and gladness. Before, there was no joy. There was no gladness. There was a lot of religious activity. There was a lot of pomp and circumstance. A lot of people on edge, seems like to me, because they were trying to get everything just right. There was no joy and gladness. There was, like I said, they were on edge. We've got to dot every I and cross every T. There was no joy and gladness before. Now there is. Verse 13 We have the priest bearing the ark of God, which was a type of Christ. And the focus is now on the priest bearing that ark and not some cart 
that was made by man, which will always fail. The priests are now bearing the ark, and the focus is now on that. If you'll look down also there in verse 13, David offered up a sacrifice every six paces. That sacrifice typified Christ and what he would do on Calvary's cross. Every 18 feet, David would offer up a sacrifice, which tells us that the presence of God was being ushered in by the blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And I come to tell you today, without the preaching of the cross of Christ, there will be no presence of God in our churches. The cross of Christ must be preached. The gospel, the true gospel of Jesus Christ must be preached from behind the pulpit in our churches today if we want the presence of God in our churches today. Oh, but if we want the presence of man, just go ahead and tell everybody how to be a better you. Smile and increases your face value. I'm okay and you're okay. And all you ain't okay. Alright, look at verse 14. David danced before the Lord with all his might. There's also shouting among the people if you look there in verse 15. Where's the dancing and shouting at in our churches today? Where is it? You see, this was done under the Old Testament. You and I are under the New Testament. Better promises. A better covenant. We've got something to dance and shout about. Before they look forward to Jesus coming, now we can look back on what he's already done. Where's our shout at in the church? But when the gospel is not being preached, and rather the emphasis is placed on something else, and it's all about people's performance instead of God's performance, there's nothing to shout about. There's nothing to dance about. You see, some of you in here, you've heard stories in the Bible all your life. But ever since the emphasis has been placed on the finished work of Christ, and those parameters have been set, all of these pieces of the puzzle and these stories that you've heard all of your life, you're now beginning to put it together. It's starting to make a little bit of sense to you now. Whereas before it was just a bunch of pieces floating around out here, but now that the focal point is the finished work of Christ and those parameters have been set up, it's beginning to make sense to you now. And there's something welling up on the inside of you. You're starting to get excited a little bit. You're starting to get a little bit more excited about the Word of God and the things of God than you are that football game that's coming up. Hello? I just think there's a big problem when you can get more excited about the world and the things of the world out here than you do the things of God. There's a problem there. 
there's a problem there. And there's another problem when you can dance to the world's music, but you can't dance to God's music. What's wrong with that? I'm not talking about a secular, provocative thing, but I'm talking about just between you and the Lord. It's time to get happy about what God's done for you. We've got something to dance about. We've got something to shout about. Everything's being done now according to God's divine order. Everything's being done within the parameters of the finished work of Christ. And the people are understanding that. And there's dancing now. There's freedom now to worship God. Whereas before, there was none of that. See. But David had a problem. Just like we all got a problem. Look right straight at me right now. Don't look at your husband. Don't look at your wife. Don't look at your kids. Look right straight at me right now. We all have a problem. And it's this flesh. This flesh. See, and David had a problem with the flesh. Saul's daughter, Michelle. Way back when David was the captain over Saul's army, Saul turned to David one day and said, Boy, if you'll go out and kill a hundred Philistines and bring me back some evidence that you've killed them, I'll give you my daughter, Michelle. And David took his men, he went out, he killed two hundred of the Philistines and brought back evidence. And Saul gave Michelle to him, but later on when he run David off trying to kill him, he took Michelle and gave her to another man, which was an actual slap in the face of David. And when David became king over Israel, he demanded that she be his wife again. Never mind, he already had several other wives he wanted her. Oh me, I'm going to say some things now. The Lord help me to say it because I don't want y'all to take it wrong. I don't mean no harm of speaking. But sometimes we'd be better off without some people. You hear what I said? Let me say it again because I want, I want, yes, you heard me say it correctly. We'd be better off without some people. Well, Brother James, ain't this door open to everybody? Yes, it is. But not everybody comes up to that door has good intentions. Are you hearing me? They've got an agenda. It's going to take some discernment. The Bible says what God has joined together... Let no man put asunder. Let me also say this. What God has allowed to separate had better stay separated. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. There's some people that got mad because of things going on within the church and they up and left. You might be better off without them. 
Because there's some people that got an agenda and they want things to go a certain way and they want it to go their way. And let me show you something now about Michelle. The Bible says she's looking through the window at all that's going on. She ain't participating in none of the activity. She decided to sit home that Sunday and listen to it over the radio rather than come to church. She decided to sit home and watch the program over television, the preaching over TV, rather than come to church. Looking through the window. But yet, when things come up and things is going on, she's got a lot to say about it. She ain't participating in none of what's going on, but yet she's got a whole lot to say about it. She's got a whole lot of mouth. And there are churches today, there's people, they want to look at it from the outside. They don't never come to church. They might come once or twice a year or once a month, but yet they've got a whole lot of say in what goes on in the church. And such ought not to be. Well, Brother James, they give more money than anything else. I don't give two gnats how much money they give. Won't even grace the church with their presence. Sometimes you'd be better off without such. They want to have a say in the business of the church and how things go, but they don't show up when service is going on. Oh, could, this is going out to somebody I don't know who. But somebody's needing to hear this today. There was a dispute in a church over a particular thing. So the preacher called the business meeting, announced it two Sundays in a row. We need to get this resolved. Over 80 people showed up at the church for the business meeting. Well, that sounds good, Brother James. No, it ain't. Because there won't but 40 people on the roll. Are you hearing me? There's Michelle's. Standing at the window. She don't want to participate in them, but oh, she's got a whole lot to say about what's going on. And here's the thing about it. I'm going to shut up and quit now. And all God's people said, well, you didn't have to say amen that loud. <laughs> uh, here's the sad thing about it now. If you'll look down, I'll find it in a minute. Second Samuel 6, verse 23. Michelle, the daughter of Saul, had no children until the day of her death. She bore no fruit. No children. No growth. And today, 
you're on one side or the other. There's no in-between. You're on the side that's dancing and shouting because of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for you, or you're over here on the side of the flesh that despises the things of God. And you're not going to be fruitful in the things of God as you ought to be. And a church that embraces such as that will not grow. Now you'll read later on where Michelle raised some children. They were adopted children. A lot of churches only grow because they've grabbed the members down the road. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? I'm talking about real church growth where people come in the door lost and they get saved and then they get rooted and grounded in the things of God. That's the kind of growth. That's the kind of. Brother James, don't you want other people to come from other churches? Yes, I do. I do. But they need to come here and assimilate according to what's written in the Word of God. Don't come over here with your junk from over there thinking you're going to change us. Because we're not changing. We're going to align ourselves with what's written in this Bible right here. All right, let's close out with a hymn of invitation. The program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina. Carolina, near the EMET community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. (laughs) 